But I had, I myself was once, at one point, deeply immersed in uh, crime. Now, I'm going to say it was crime of a, of a very exotic nature. Not, uh, you know, just walking around and breaking windows or, uh, or stealing hubcaps. I mean, sophisticated crime. Really sophisticated. And how we got into the sophisticated crime shit was, was through, of all things, the Boy Scout troop I was in. I hate to tell you this, Boy Scouts of America, but there was one brief period in your history where you had working within your ranks. And Boy Scout Troop 41, it's specifically the Moose Patrol of that particular troop, you had a group of high-level federal malefactors working. They were on a federal level. It's been a long time since you've ever broken a true federal law. See, the statute of limitations, as, uh, as I once heard Archie Bunker say, the statute of limitations, as <laughs> the, <laughs> the statute of limitations, I repeat, has uh, since made it possible. I don't know whether I'm, I'm free yet or not. I don't know. This is a, maybe I'm going to tell a story. I mean, I hate like hell to leave the station here and get the clampers put on me, and the next thing you know, there I am up before the grand jury, and, and me and the Lynette Flom and the whole crowd, the next thing you know, you know, it's a headline hit, dangerous criminal nabbed after all these years. Well, I, I might as well, what the heck, you know, it's confession time. Hey, you know, we're living in the age of total confession. What drives certain writers to write 7,000 pages on their own personal sex life and pretend that it's literature? You know, <laughs> that's called the Tennessee Williams Syndrome. Uh, it's also coupled very closely with the Philip Roth Complex, which, you know, is all part of the problems of our time, those two guys. But uh, nevertheless, here I am, sitting here, being tempted, beyond all reason, to tell you a story I shouldn't tell you, because the life will set you on the path of crime. Because crime is easy to fall into, friends. Oh, yes. You ask Mr. Ehrlichman. I mean, there's a couple of guys that just got the clampers put on them that didn't ever thought that they would ever be involved in such a thing. But here I was in Boy Scouts Troop 41, and we had these merit badges. You remember merit badges? You know what they are. They're badges, see? They had a merit badge like uh, Woodcraft. And uh, I got the Woodcraft merit badge as me and Schwartz collaborated on a totem pole that we carved out of a fence post. Yeah, we had a totem pole, you know, with the bird beaks and all that stuff with the wings and everything. And it was about five feet tall. What we did not tell Mr. Gordon, our scoutmaster, was that we had stolen the fence post. Which we, which we made. Now, that was the beginning of it, see. Now, there was another uh, merit badge called um, life-saving. You call that one? Now, the life-saving methods, to do this, you had to do things like uh, artificial respiration. And you had to, what you do would be, you sit on Schwartz's chest and uh, pump his uh, neck up and down, or make his arms go up like that. See, he'd pretend he's drowned, and uh, Mr. Gordon would watch it. That's very good. Now, count again and, and take a deeper breath. <laughs> so that was called life-saving. After that, you got a badge, which showed another kid. Uh, sitting on another guy's chest, pumping his eyes. That was what the life was. Now, there was another badge called, uh, uh, well, a lot of them. There was leather craft. You call that one? I got a leather craft badge by making a leather wallet 
of uh, the nice leather wallet. It was sewed on the sides and the edges, you know, with leather lacing. And I made on the outside of it with an electric branding pencil, you know, that kind of pencil with a little cork handle on it, a picture of Roy Acuff. It was a Roy Acuff wallet I made. Now, it was not original. I copied a genuine Roy Acuff wallet, at which point I got my Leathercraft merit badge. And also, that was a highly, highly honored piece of the leather goods because it was shown at the Boy Scout Jubilee as what you could do if you're really a smart kid. Well, uh, <laughs> now, it was during the course of pursuing merit badges that Schwartz and me and Flick fell into the evil clutches of crime. There was a merit badge called Handicraft. Now, Handicraft, you could make any kind of thing. Just, it was not. It, it was separate from wood carving. It was separate from uh, leather working. Handicraft meant like uh, if you made a chest of drawers, right? You know that would be pretty to see the Handicraft. Although it tended to overlap with the carpentry merit badge. Now, what if you made your chest of drawers out of tin? Well, then, it would, uh, of course, that would be handicraft. If you made it out of wood, it would be... Kind of, there were all kinds of very big arguments that went on in the, in the troops <laughs> where, where, you know, there's some fine lines. So Schwartz and I decided to go up to handicraft. Okay, we're in uh, Troop 41, and uh, it says you can pick any kind of a uh, project you wanted. Well, Schwartz had just gotten for Christmas this great Christmas gift. Now, what the Christmas gift was, was a set of, well, they were iron-like steel. They were stainless steel molds that were held together with a great big heavy clamp. You know, they came apart two, two sides like that. You put them together, they clamp, and they had wooden handles on each side of it, and you poured into this mold melted lead. And you'd wait a couple of minutes while it cooled, and you'd take it off like that. You'd pull the two sides apart, and what would you have? You would have lead soldiers. You ever see those things? Okay. Now, Andy didn't see because Andy lives in New York. They have not seen most things. I, it is my experience that most New Yorkers have not seen much of anything in this world, unfortunately. No, I, I have to tell you the, the damn hard truth of it. Have, have you noticed that Ed Beatty says, yes, he's seen these. In fact, probably had one. Okay. He's not much different in age than you, Andy. He's just he's from another sphere of another world where kids do things. New York is where kids go and watch other people do things. You know, they go to little cutie things like the paper bag players and watch people jump up and down with paper bags on their heads. Now, where it came from, kids themselves jump up and down with paper bags on their heads. Whole different game. Totally different. Now, now... I tell you the truth. So, so again, this is that, uh, you know, the New York world is different from the world where people live. Totally different. So, so he had this, this mold, so he poured in there, and the soldiers. So we figured that if we made a whole troop of soldiers and painted them, like, uh, and his soldiers, by the way, had kilts on them. They were Scottish soldiers, you know, with the big hat on the top of the kilts and everything. And one of them had, because they had different molds, one of them had bagpipes even. And uh, most of them had these rifles over there, so the kilts, see. So we, we decided to do this. So 
Now, where are you going to get lead? Aha. You didn't just go to the lead store. You're going to have to give me two pounds, you know. So uh, there was a, you know, his his mold came with a book. And the book in there says, it told you how to do it. And then it says suggestions as to how to get lead. It says lead can be found in the plates of old batteries. Ah, well, you know, you've seen batteries, car batteries. Well, you may not know, since you are from New York and you don't know about these the complicated technical things, that in those car batteries, there is not only that stuff you pour in them, but there are plates that are lead. That means that if you get car batteries and open up the car batteries and pour the Google out and squirt a, squirt a hose in there and you clean it out, you lift that stuff out, what do you got? you got plates of lead. Exactement. It was at that point that our, how shall I say it, our foray into illegality began. The only place we could figure to get, to get batteries, first of all, was Mrs. Anderson's Pontiac. Now, before we take you further down this uh, primrose path, uh, we'll take you down another primrose path. Hit the button, please. See, see, all I'm trying to do here, Frank, is, is, is to any of you who may be tempted to go into a, a uh, let's say, the world of crime, I'm just telling you how easy it is to have it. Within an hour after Schwartz and I at Flick had decided that we were going to make these soldiers as a handicapped merit badge for the Boy Scouts, remember, we had... Mrs. Anderson's Sears Roebuck all-state battery from her Pontiac down in Schwartz's basement. Well, first of all, we didn't expect it to smell the way it did when we poured the stuff out. And it did cause a little confusion down the basement when it began to smell like that. And Flick got scared because his eyes started to water. And he figured any minute now his pants were going to burn off when the acid came out. But we poured it down the sewer, and boy, did it gurgle when it went down the sewer. <laughs> so we couldn't figure out how to get the plates out there at that point, see. See, crime gets more complex as you go on. You know, it's easy enough for you to say, hey, why don't we knock over the Irving trucks? You'd be surprised at how difficult it is to open their locks. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of technical know-how, which they never mention on these crime shows. So let's put it this way. Two days later... And about 19 hacksaw blades later, we finally got this battery sawed up. <laughs> we started to melt on the lead. Oh, boy, did it smell. Of course, you see this lead. We also contained several other chemicals due to the fact it's in the battery. Well, it began to smell up the house like hell. I tell you that. In fact, the curtains were beginning to dissolve upstairs. So we're down there in the basement. See, they had this hot plate down there where Schwartz's mother used to just to heat up water for her, her, her washing machine or something. See, we got this thing going and we're smelling up the place. Well, we finally got about, actually, when it was finally dissolved down, we got about a quarter inch of lead at the bottom of a pot. Well, that made about four soldiers. And they were really great. So, but it was obvious that we weren't going to get any merit badge for, you know, for four soldiers between the three of us. So we began to plot how to get more batteries. 
<laughs> within within three days. Now, how do you get a battery? Now, for those of you, probably many of you New York type kids wouldn't know how to take a battery out of a car. Well, well, no, no, no. I have to explain. You would, of course. Well, you'd be surprised at the number of people that would have trouble taking a battery. I'll never forget Schwartz, though. Taking a battery out of a, I believe it was a Hudson, a Hudson Hornet, as a matter of fact. Which, by the way, is one of the more difficult cars to get a battery out of. Uh, Schwartz was taking the battery out, and he's trailing out and pulling out of the damn thing. And he and what happened with the ground clamp was was stuck on the ground the the, the ground post. So he's pulling like that. All of a sudden, the battery goes, and all this stuff poured all over Schwartz's knickers. You should have seen Schwartz's knickers burning in the dark. He's running around. My kneecap is coming off. When we got the battery home. And within a week, we had about 25 soldiers. We also had a large pile of cut-up batteries down in the basement, which we were hiding in the coal bin. So Flick began to worry about this. He said, Schwartz, he said, what the heck is going to happen if your father comes down and finds all these batteries in the coal bin? Schwartz is so he never comes down to the coal bin. Only my mother does, which said something about Schwartz's family. He says, only my mother comes down to the coal bin, and when she gets in there, she won't know what the heck this stuff is. She'll probably think it's, you know, cold in the coal bin and shovel it in the furnace or something. So we plotted, and so deep in the heart of night, one night, we took all these batteries, this chop-up chunks, and we threw them in a vacant lot under a bunch of milkwood, <laughs> milkwood uh, weeds. You know what the milk, milk pots and all? So we threw these things out there, and we continued to steal batteries. And our troop of Scottish fighters and uh, Highlanders began to grow. We would paint each one. And we just, you know, it became so routine. We didn't even think about it. And one day, we meet down in Schwartz's basement. I said, look at this! In the paper, it says, battery feed. Strike. Battery teams have been working in the area of the south side. Numerous batteries have been stolen from cars throughout the entire south side district. Police are following some very good leads. <laughs> I, friends, don't know whether you know what it feels like to be hunted. About six months, I want to tell you, seriously, I want to tell you, walking down the street, just walking down the street, I sweat. Guilt is terrible. I'd sit at home, and my mother was so glad because I got the handicraft merit badge that she'd show my soldiers that I made to Aunt Glenn. Aren't those nice soldiers? The kids made them themselves. You know, it must have been like that when Dillinger brought home that first $100 bill that showed it was mom. I made it myself. Very nice. Oh, God. Torture, torture. This is WOR New York. Stay tuned for In Conversation. <laughs>